and welcome to episode 42 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where my co-host and I talk about games and movie news that happened over the week, and what we watched or played over the week as well. If you don't know, my name is Barry, with my co-host. My name is Craig. And before we get into the news, just wanted to thank you guys for the support on the article I got for the Game of the Year piece that I posted to Facebook and Twitter. I really appreciate the conversations that we had, and I appreciate everybody uh, reading it as well, so... Just wanted to come on here and say thanks to those people that uh, that read it and liked it. And public shame to me because I didn't put mine up yet. No, no public <laughs> shame. No need to do that. <laughs> It'll be up soon. Yeah, and you and based on what we talked about, you're going further than I am, like in depth, which I just yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get like super in depth because that's going to be way too long of a read, and nobody's going to want to do that. But like, I feel like at least explaining in a little bit of detail why I picked what I did. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, then we'll go ahead and get to the first segment of the show, yep. which is going to be news this week. For news, I think I'll start off with kind of, I think the one that was kind of the most surprising to me, which is the Super Mario 3D World was shown off with Bowser's Fury. Yeah. Primarily what we saw was Bowser's Fury. And my impressions of it are Super Mario 3D World is awesome. It's one of my favorite Super Mario games I ever played. And, you know, it's got a lot of memories with platforming and playing it with friends and yelling at them. <laughs> but regardless, it's such a fun game. The 3D take on it all allows for a lot more exploration and fun levels. So that's great. The Bowser's Fury, it almost looked like DLC for Super Mario Odyssey based yeah. on the trailer I saw. Because it's in in regular Mario games, I guess is what I'll call them, it's usually level-based. You're usually going into a level and you play the level, then you move on to the next one. This one seemed more open world for sure. And it looked like you were going around collecting these cat coins or something. And with that, you know, we got to see kind of the level design of it. You know, it's not just going to be, um, you know, using the cat. It's it's Mario and the game is now open for two players in that one as well with Bowser Jr. looking like to be your companion for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, it looks interesting. Like I'm I'm excited to try it. I don't know. I don't think I played that game at all originally. And I don't think a lot of people did. It was one right. of the best games on the Wii U. So this is, you know, another excuse for Nintendo to go, okay, here we go. We're going to, this will sell like, this will sell, you know, millions of dollars without yeah. much, without us trying to do much. And did, does that have a release date? Yes. It's in okay. February. February. I think February 10th. Okay. Something like that. So it's, it's coming out soon and, as somebody who doesn't, I, I never really, I don't play all of the 3D Mario games as someone who doesn't play them all. Like this one is definitely one to buy. And what's nice about this one as well is because it's a Wii U port, it's not going to look like trash, kind of like what the remasters right. did earlier. You know, this is, it's something where on the Wii U it was, you know, I think it was HD, I think it was 1080p. Mm -hmm. which is what the switch can handle at the moment. So it's going to be, it's going to be good for that. Like the one thing I'll say as well is toward the end, you got to see what kind of the big boss Bowser looked like, which I thought was really cool. I like the take on it kind of being more almost dragon like in a way. And I really don't know how I feel about super Saiyan cat Mario. Cause I think it's exactly <laughs> what he looked like. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, a little Super Saiyan, and then Bowser looked like like a Demon Souls boss or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was, but it was cool. You know, I'm I'm excited to play Bowser's Fury. I just, I I for I for the 
for the love of it, would just love to see Nintendo do a better job of like doing a voice chat or doing or like getting or doing a better job of online in general because Super Mario 3D World like it is so much fun with friends kind of like almost with any game uh with any of like the mario platforming games Mm -hmm. but the fact that you know it's not in a 2d world where it's it's not as interactive i think as the 3d one with this game so it i just hope that the online's good and you know if nintendo would put in a voice chat i wouldn't have to go into discord right so if if that if that's how nintendo's going to do it they should probably just license a party chat through discord and allow that app to run in the background. It's really what all of them should be doing. But regardless. true. And it, since this is coming out in February, like they need to start announcing other things because this is pretty much all they have, right? Yeah, and that's uh, when we get into games played. I have a pretty big segment on on that, so we'll get yeah. into that. Okay. Um, so another, I guess, kind of small gaming news is uh, the announcement that Bethesda is working on an Indiana Jones game. Um, which I think could be cool. I mean, we've kind of already had that with the Uncharted series, but I'm interested to see what they do with it. I'm, I've always been a fan of Indiana Jones, so I think if they handle it well, which I think they will, it, it could be something pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's kind of out of left field. Yeah. In a way, I didn't when I saw the trailer, I didn't really expect them to be to be making a Bethesda uh, or a Bethesda to be making that type of game, but. I guess in a way we haven't had an Uncharted game in quite a bit of time. Right. And there couple, are people a couple years. Love, yeah. Yeah. There are people who love the heavy narrative, mm-hmm. um, you know, action adventure, mystery, you know, lost treasure type game. So as long as this doesn't come out buggy as hell, like Bethesda <laughs> usually likes to do. Right. This game, this game should be fun and it should be, you know, I'm, I haven't played any Bethesda games since fallout 76. So uh, it, this one has me interested because it's not Fallout or Skyrim, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Something a little bit different. Exactly. So yeah, well, I, I will wait and see. I played. I don't even know how long ago it was. Now I was definitely still in like either middle school or high school, but there was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, which was on like PC. Um, I remember playing a ton of that, and I think that would have been like it was either the late '90s or early 2000s. So. I remember having a ton of fun with that and we haven't really gotten anything Indiana Jones related since that I can think of. So this could be cool. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully Bethesda does right by that. And for me to say I'm interested in a Bethesda game, it takes me a lot to say considering (laughs) you're still feeling the burn from fallout 76. Well, fallout 76 doom like doom never really interests me. I'm not, I'm, I guess I just didn't grow up with it or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, like I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Skyrim either. It's yeah. really, I've, I haven't really been into Bethesda games because Skyrim and Fallout was pretty much all they would make. Yeah. So now that they're starting to maybe, maybe Mike, maybe the Microsoft buying them has kind of forced them into something different. Yeah. Which, um, you know, if if that's the case, then good on Microsoft for, for maybe hinting at something different instead of doing the same old thing with Bethesda. Yeah. And I mean, not counting the last Wolfenstein game that came out, the two previous Wolfenstein games I thought were pretty good. And I feel like as for as much as I dislike the latest Doom, like those give me at least a little bit of hope in Bethesda doing something like this. Not that I think it would be a first person game. I'm assuming this is probably third person because um, it would be weird to do a first person Indiana Jones game. But 
I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah. Uh, more t- Nintendo related news okay. is, and it's pretty small. Uh, Nintendo released the first kind of Mario Switch. It mm-hmm. is a red and blue type Switch. Now the the dock is all red. Same with the kind of the outline of where the black screen is, and then the controllers themselves are blue. It, I think it looks nice. I just am kind of also surprised that for the anniversary of Mario, we're we're getting one this late in the game. Yeah. You know, maybe Nintendo kind of feels the pressure of maybe doing something else because they know how well the Animal Crossing Switch sold. And this should sell very similarly as well. Yeah. I mean, when I got my Switch, I got the Odyssey Edition, which is red. But I like like the contrast of this one. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I would be interested if I didn't already have one or if this was like the new version of the Switch that we're waiting for in this color. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But... I mean, as it's been shown, there's a million people who still are trying to buy switches. So this is just going to be another thing that's impossible to get. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I have some movie news um, that kind of dropped today as well that I thought was interesting. The first one that I'll get out of the way for you is going to hit you pretty hard. Um, (laughs) If you didn't see, there's a very high possibility that James Bond is getting delayed again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I think we kind of expected it because it was slated originally, I think, in April around Easter. Now they're saying probably going to be somewhere in the fall of this year. I'll put maybe after that. Uh, I hope so. I hope we can get to theaters by then. I think hoping that we could get back to theaters in April was a little ambitious. Uh, So I understand the need to push. But at this point, man, just put it on a streaming service. Yeah, I think I think what that what like and I guess Universal Pictures and James Bond movie is trying to do is I think they're trying like this movie I I imagine has to be done. Yeah. And has to be ready to release, but I think what Universal is trying to do is when things look like okay, everybody got the vaccine, you know, mm-hmm. um, hopefully at that point COVID-19 is eradicated. And if that's the case, they're going to press a button and it's going to you know, we're start going to get we're going to get an announcement that it's coming out next week or yeah. something like that. So, <laughs> so with that, they get a bunch of people going to the movie theaters because anybody who's wanted to go to the movie theater will go. Okay, you know, we might not be big James Bond fans, but you want to go see a AAA or action movie or something like that. So you decide right. that to spend your money on James Bond. That's what I believe is going on through Universal's head. I think. That when we get to the point where it's okay for people to go back to the theaters and people feel comfortable going back to the theaters, like when the general population gets to that point, I think we're going to see the most ridiculous lineup of movies like ever. Like I'm talking like just big movie week after week after week, just because everybody's been holding on to their movies for over a year now just waiting for the opportune time and they're not all going to drop in the same weekend. But I like, I just imagine that it's going to be like every week there's going to be at least one or two movies where I'm going to be like, Oh man, I got to go see that one. And that'll be, that'll be pretty cool after not having been to the movies now for almost a year. Um, it'll be a year. And I think February, like I'm ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) That's assuming that the movie theaters are still open then. Yeah. Hopefully the ones by us, you know, are able 
are able to somehow make it through, you know, the pandemic of this size and mm-hmm. are able to come back. So before you get into your next one, yep. I guess I'll do a gaming one. I think this one's funny, but it's Razor reveals an RGB mask. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the pictures of it and I, I have to say I am kind of intrigued. To yeah. Want to try it like it the the way they the way they make rgb in this you know mask is it's kind of like it's your it's kind of like almost the gas mask holes to where you put filters instead it's lights mm-hmm. and you know i think the mask looks pretty cool but i also know that you know if you're i i also don't understand if you're a person and you go yeah that's the kind of mask i want like <laughs> why yeah but I didn't look too much into it, but I would assume that there has to be a part that can come out so you can wash it. Um, because otherwise that's kind of weird. Um, unless it's all waterproof, but I, I would highly doubt it. I saw it has like the ability to amplify your voice as well, I think, which is interesting. Um, so I'm sure it's going to have a hefty price tag and like, I wouldn't be opposed to looking into it as long as the price isn't like insane. Um, you know, I wear a mask every day for work. So it'd be pretty funny to be wearing that, but we'll see. I don't, did they say a price? Uh, I'm actually trying to look that up right now. It's just, it seems to be, (laughs) it it was announced at, I think it's CES. So I don't think, uh, yeah, it just says it's uh, project Hazel. Okay. Jesus. The mask comes in like a box. It's kind of (laughs) insane. Yeah, from the pictures, it looks like that there's going to be like the inner piece will pull out. I mean, it would have to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. So keep an eye on that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because it's there's a wireless charging case for it as well, so you can you know keep the RGB going at all times. And it has a UV sterilizer as well, so yeah. maybe you don't have to wash it. Then you just put it in there when you're done and it's ready for the next use. Yeah. This thing's kind of, kind of nuts, but yeah. <laughs> you know, um, go ahead. I was going to say razor's just trying to take advantage of the fact that why, or just trying to prove we can RGB anything and it looks cooler. I so. mean, they have RGBs in their card, right? Their credit card. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, we also had in, in the other movie news that I saw today, Netflix announced their lineup of movies for the year, and it's literally a movie every week this year. Yeah, which is insane. Um, I'm excited for quite a few of them. There's way too many to name, so I'm not going to do that. But you know, you got some some big name heavy hitters in there. You have Ryan Reynolds. You have The Rock. Like who the mainstays in action movies all have movies coming out on Netflix. So it's going to be a good year, and I, I am excited because I haven't watched as much on netflix recently um as i used to i've been doing like some shows on amazon prime and some disney plus obviously with the mandalorian so i haven't really been using my netflix subscription as much so it'd be good to give me a reason to go back to it yeah it's it's cool that we're going to be getting a new movie every week it just means that hopefully hopefully they're good movies is all i hope for they're when they announced this announcement, you know, they had Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne Johnson yep. uh, out, you know, going and saying that, which means if, you know, if you've got a couple movies coming out with each of those actors, you're going to, you're going to have hits. 
Yep. Um, at least with people watching them. I don't know how good they'll actually be. Yeah, if it's on Netflix, everybody's going to at least start the movie, I'm sure. <laughs> and let's see here. What's the next one I want to do? Uh, it's a small one, but the Star Wars The Fallen Order game gets a next-gen update. Mm-hmm. We are starting to see these with more games where you're going to get the 60 frames a second, you know, just pretty much, you know, rock steady, six frames a second. And this game also was given higher dynamic range, so it's going to look a little prettier. I I like what Respawn is doing here uh, by going back and, you know, giving some of their new games a, a new makeover. And it stirs back interest into the game as well. Yeah. So it, you know, I hope more developers do this. I hope that we continue to see more developers who kind of have games like that were... I guess later on in the PS4 and Xbox One's life cycle where they go, Hey, you know, we can make it 60 frames, make it look smoother. And, you know, and where it's an update where it's not something that you have to buy it again or something like that. As long as it's an update, people will, people will go at, will go and buy right. you know, your game. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've already beaten that game. I don't know if I'll play it again, but maybe uh, it's on game pass. So yeah, you don't even have to buy it. You can just download it on there and then check it out. So I might at least check it out and see if it looks better. I know it had issues when I was playing it originally. It did for you too, right? Yeah, it did. But um, I will say that those issues did kind of eventually subside at certain parts. Like it, it, it seemed to be super buggy in one in some areas and then completely fine in others. Right. So it might be worth checking out again on like the slower downtime of the year for games. If you haven't played it, you definitely should. Should it's a very good game. Yeah, it's 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 depending on if you like the Sekiro or Dark Souls type game, it's a lot to do with dodging and parrying yep. and that kind of thing. But the story itself is pretty is is pretty pretty good. Yeah, uh, which I guess is surprising coming from you know the past Star Wars games that came out. Agreed. <laughs> I didn't have any more uh, new, so it's all you. All right, so then I think really only the only other thing I have is Xbox revealed kind of their first new color scheme controller coming out, which is a red. Uh, it is a red and black controller, which I like that color scheme. It looks really, really good with a white back. I, I You never see the back of the controller besides when you're changing batteries like a pleb. Uh, just buy the rechargeable ones. I don't get why people, people don't do that. Um, <laughs> but... With that, that's what that's pretty much just a cool thing that Xbox is doing. You know, their their new system just came out, and maybe if somebody's not looking to get the Elite controller but wants some sort of flavor in their uh, in their controller, this this looks pretty good. Every time I see these controllers, I get real excited. Then I remember that once you get the Elite controller, going back to a regular controller isn't fun anymore. So yeah. you just can't like they're cool, but like. I would literally be buying it just to put on display because I probably wouldn't use it. <laughs> yeah, you would, we would still all use the Elite controllers. Yeah, so. and that's just straight black until they come out with some other color. Uh, I think I think what they would end up doing next, if I had to guess, is they already do the Create Lab mm-hmm. for kind of controllers. I'm I'm waiting for them to go. Okay, you know we we will do it with the Elite as well. That, would that be way cool. everybody gets like kind of their own personalized in a way elite controller. Yeah, that'd be real sweet. And then, uh, yeah, that is it. That's it for news that we have this week. 
Cool. We'll go ahead and head into gaming, yep. which for me, uh, I'll admit, I haven't added a lot to my you know repertoire of games because this is the slow. Yes. We're, we're we're in the we're in the slow period, and Hitman comes out. I don't even think it'll come out before this uh, the next podcast. It comes out the twentieth of January. Right. What I will say though is one Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've been I've gone back into the I've gone back into that game and I'm really enjoying it. Surprisingly, I stopped going into all the side missions and started focusing on the main story. And the main story is pretty good, is what okay. I'll say. Uh, I'm playing a little bit more of Hades as well. And, you know, Hades is a great game, as, as people already know. And a couple of my buddies forced me to download uh, Master Chief Collection on the <laughs> PC. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um. I made the attempt this week to take the plastic wrap off Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I did put it in my Xbox and install it, but I have not played it yet. Um, I had every intention of it because I took, you know, about a week off from Cyberpunk and I was like, all right, I'll start Assassin's Creed and see if I get into it or if I bounce off it or whatever. But after I installed it, um, I don't know if it's like guilt or what, but I was like, no, I really should finish Cyberpunk first before I start yet another gigantic open world game. So I just started playing cyberpunk again and I'm like struggling a little bit on whether or not I am enjoying it enough to finish it. Like I do want to finish it to see the ending, but like I even started mainlining the quests and I don't even know if that's like keeping me engaged enough. We'll see. Like, I feel like I'll probably end up pushing through it, but it's definitely not, capturing me as much as it was the first 10 15 hours okay. um, and i think it's just fatigue from all the side missions that get thrown at you in the constant phone calls um that like even ignoring them it's just like they just keep coming yeah um but i am determined i guess to get that done uh, i did finish little hope the dark pictures anthology game uh, i yeah. finished that this past week uh, i had a lot of fun with that one i thought it was really good it really helps that it's like a four hour game, five hours, maybe. Um, it's just, again, like we always talk about the short to the point games are are really nice right now. Um, if you like horror games, you know, this is pretty much the top tier right now. Um, I never finished Man of Madam, but I did re-download it because it is on Game Pass. And I do plan on going back and finishing that. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can get my wife to do co-op even though she's terrified of those type of games <laughs> uh, i downloaded it on her xbox we'll see if it actually happens um but yeah little hope was you know you're literally just in a town um you get stranded in a town with like five people um and it centers around like uh witch trials from way back in the day the 1700 1600 something like that yeah, it's um, in Salem or something. I'm not sure right. if it takes place in Salem or not. It doesn't take place in Salem, but it's in the same time as like the Salem witch trials are going on. Um, you get like the ghosts of the people who were, you know, convicted of witchcraft kind of showing up and they'll grab you and then you have a flashback and you can decide to try to help them or not help them. Um, and I, you know, I had a good time. The ending kind of threw me. I, it was not what I was expecting, but in a good way. Like it kind of, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so again, like I like these games a lot. I think there's one more that's supposed to come out this year, but I just, you know, for, for the 
price, they're usually cheaper. I think it's a definite buy. They always throw like little hints in the games for what is going to be in the next one, um, which I think is pretty cool, like setting up the next stuff. So if you're into that type of game, 100% buy them. You can probably get this one pretty cheap by now, or it'll probably end up on Game Pass somewhere down the line since the other one is. Um, if you're not into horror games, it's probably not going to be for you. Um, I don't know if I'm getting numb because I've been playing so many of them, but I don't get like the jump scares as much anymore. Like when they were like jump out and grab him, just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe I am just getting numb to it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> and then the other thing that I went back and finished to cross off the backlog was the garden between two the garden or the gardens. Not sure. Um, I had originally started this on my phone, uh, but it is also on game pass. So I saw it was on there. I downloaded that and it's just like a puzzle game that tells a pretty interesting story of two friends where one of them is moving away and it kind of deals with, I guess the grief, I guess is a good word for it of your best friend moving away when you're young. Um, it's an interesting way to tell it in that they don't talk at all. So it's all done by like, you're, you're doing these puzzles, which every level, every puzzle is like a memory of something that they did in the past. And you can probably get through it in about two hours or so, maybe three. It's not very long, but um, I really, really liked it. I know a ton of people when it first came out, which was like two years ago now, really liked this game, talked it up a lot. So I knew I needed to finish it and it felt good to cross something off my list. So nice. <laughs> definitely check that out. If you have a phone, you can just play it on there. If you have an Xbox, it's on Game Pass. I don't know if it's on PlayStation or not, but if you like puzzle type games, it's definitely not a bad way to spend two hours. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that pretty much the only thing I played this week. All right. So with that, I have a little bit of a segment this week again. Uh-oh. And uh, this this is kind of what we've been alluding to. Even like last podcast, we mentioned this. Like Nintendo needs to do something this year. Yep. And there are heavy rumors that we are going to be getting a Nintendo Direct soon. We don't know mm-hmm. when, but soon. But I was scrolling on YouTube and I came across this channel called Switch Stop. And it kind of mentioned a dream year for Nintendo of what they could release uh, that would probably really boost the Switch up because it it has been a year or two now that we haven't really gotten a a big Nintendo release schedule. I would say you know we had it in two thousand I think eighteen for Sony mm-hmm. when you know you had God of War, Persona. Um, and spider-man all out in one year like nintendo needs to do something like that to keep interest uh going for their console because right now i think a lot of people who have a switch and have other consoles the switch is the one getting ignored yeah uh, for the most part like i've i've mentioned before i've got so many games that i need to finish on my switch that i haven't you know i haven't touched because i'm playing other games so For Nintendo Dream Year, and I have some ideas to bounce off of, but I'll ask you first, like, what, if you were to have Nintendo release, like, a whole Dream Year of stuff, what would okay. that be for you? Uh, um, I know most people would probably say Breath of the Wild, but that's not for me, so I don't think that one would be in there. 100%, the first one that pops in my head is probably another Mario Odyssey. Um, that one would be... I would be there day one ready to go on that one. Um, the Metroid Prime thing could be interesting. 
But again, I don't know if that's ever going to come out. And I was never like a huge Metroid Prime fan, but I would be interested to play those. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else first party wise. I'm not a big um, Mario Party guy. I feel like we're we would be due for a Mario Kart, though. So maybe like those three, like a Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart and um, Metroid Prime. I think that would be an insane year. I would imagine. Yeah, and as I kind of go through what my list would to, uh, would kind of look forward to or stuff that could happen this year, mm-hmm. maybe it'll spark some idea in you sure. to talk about something else. So I guess the the first thing that I'll mention is, is you know, for Nintendo, I really think they should be release, releasing a new console at some point this year. Yeah. We have everybody has these all you know all these new consoles that can do 4k you know blah 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 where the nintendo switch can't and with tvs also taking a big leap this year with hdmi 2.1 i think that nintendo needs to come out and go okay you know you bought this new tv here's a switch that'll take advantage of it that kind of thing right so you know, for me, that for me, my dream switch will do similar to what would happen right now. You know, the switch is still, you know, it's 4K when it's docked. However, it can manage that, and it's going to be like a 1080p or you know at least an HD screen when it's not. And I'm I also kind of hope for a bigger battery, uh, and but I know that with upgrades to the internal specs, it's going to drain more battery. Right. So that's that's going to be something where, you know, I, I have a feeling what they could do is I really don't think you really need the, the joy cons that can switch out. I get it's good for couch co-op and whatnot, but if, if you were to take the switch light, make it a lot bigger and be able to put maybe, you know, two pretty, pretty nice size batteries toward the end of the, of the console, I think that would solve the battery life issue quite, uh, quite decently, but you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how to make a system. I'm not a spec, you know, right. <laughs> or console maker. So I don't know these things, but that's just a thought with that. The next, I start going into the games. I really do think that they need to do something with Metroid. Uh, people have literally almost been screaming for a new Metroid for the past couple of years. Once Nintendo kind of said, Hey, de- it's a development hell. Uh, <laughs> we're scrapping it and making a new one. I think, now you know would be a good time to maybe release an hd something um yeah. or or do something with metroid so that way people can continue to be excited about it because samus is a very well-regarded well-known of uh, character and a female character in in the gaming universe and the fact that she's been absent for so long because you know nintendo can't make a game sometimes is it 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 stinks for that franchise and uh, metroid deserves better so i'm hoping that nintendo you know whether it's a maybe they need to start going back and re-releasing the metroid stuff on the um on their like snes and nes um classic systems that they have online yeah so i think that would be a nice idea for them i'm surprised you said a new mario kart because i said that too um (laughs) I feel like it makes the most sense, right? And the last one came out how many years ago now? Yeah, and it was it was a port, you know, for <laughs> right. uh, for, for Wii U. <laughs> I really do think that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is like the best-selling Switch game, or at least it was for a very long time. 
Yeah. So bringing out a new one, I think everybody would eat it up and everybody would buy it. And oh, 100%. What I just hope is that I really like Mario Kart 8 as it is a it's it's a reminder of all of the games before it. I would really be hoping that for a new Mario Kart, they would start to make like maybe new original tracks. Yeah. And because the DLC was pretty much just all remakes of tracks, which is good. It's not bad. I love Mario Kart 8, Mm -hmm. but maybe something with a better online component to it would would be nice as well because Mario Kart's fun with friends as well. You know, a, a lot of these Nintendo games would benefit, especially Mario, from being able to play with your friends a little bit easier. Yeah, the Mario the Mario Kart online right now is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It it's just hard to get everything set up, you know. You right. you start you get to this weird me screen and you know you, you have people with you and you're picking maps. It, it can be difficult. And Nintendo, I just wish maybe with a new console would start to go, "Okay, we realize how important online is to you guys." So, you know, here's how we're going to improve it or at least give a map of some sort on how to on how they would improve their online service because that's that's what sucks i wouldn't be opposed to like a a remaster of the older games too like if they really wanted to go down that road like a remaster of mario 64 would not mario yeah mario kart 64 would be cool or even you know a lot of people ask for double dash yeah yeah double dash would be another one um doing that right would be cool and then that would free you up to just come out with a new one with new tracks. Um, I know everybody has likes to see the old tracks, but I'm with you. Like, I want something new mm-hmm. with Mario Kart. New characters. Just give me new. Something new. Yeah. Next up is there's a pretty heavy rumor that a new Fire Emblem game is going to be coming out. And yes, this excites me, of course. You guys <laughs> know me. and I've said how much I love Fire Emblem before. Yep. What? What I think is the the main rumor going about it is this is going to be a remake of an older game, which I think, you know, Fire Emblem as a series has not done that much of, I guess. You know, they I, – I won't get into the whole history because it, <laughs> it would bore a ton of people. But Fire Emblem games have been notoriously very expensive as time gone on. And, for example, one of the most expensive – GameCube games you can get right now is Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. And if you're a Fire Emblem fan and want to play that game, you're spending close to $200 to get yeah. to get your hands on that disc. So if they were to remake that at a $60 price tag, I think it would be very beneficial to that community that, you know, or bringing in, you know, just bringing in new fans to the series as general because Three Houses sold more Fire Emblem games than it ever has before. So you have a ton of new people who are now excited and ready for the next game. Yeah, that could work out very well for them. I mean, I know I don't personally like those games, but you can't deny how well they sell. Yeah. Next up is Bayonetta 3, which we did kind of get a teaser trailer for a couple E3s ago, but haven't really heard anything since. It would be cool to see uh, uh, another Bayonetta game come out and... You know, Bayonetta 1 and 2 are fun, and they're I, I, I kind of like their quirky and weirdness, I guess I'll call it. You know, angels, demons, everything like that. It, it, it tends to be like, you know, that tends to be a very serious topic, and Bayonetta tends to make it not so serious, fun, quirky, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think Bayonetta 3 would be cool. 
That one is one I forgot about. (laughs) And again, I I think that's partly on Nintendo, right? Because it did get announced, but they have a history of announcing this stuff and then it just disappears. Like I would have expected Bayonetta to come out last year, but it it just didn't. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of stinks that Nintendo really hasn't told us anything. They're all just kind of leaving people in the in the dark about some of the games coming out. Yeah. And you know, the next two I'm going to mention are pretty heavily rumored as well. So, you know, we've got Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes, which based on Nintendo's timeline, this would be the time for that to come out. And the the video I watched from Switch Stop and if you guys want to, you guys should also watch his video because it's um it starts to get your brain thinking as a Nintendo fan about what is possible, what Nintendo kind of has down the has in the pipeline that we know they're working on, but haven't heard anything for a while. So Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, you know, we are due for a yearly Pokemon game that's supposed to come out. And I think with the Pokemon company doing DLC instead of a full on third port of a game, I think that means that they've been, I I think that means they've been working on making these remakes or making this Diamond and Pearl remake as best as it can be. And Diamond and Pearl, like, is a is one of the most popular, I think, um, Pokemon franchises for being really the first to be on the DS, which the DS was a very popular system. So I think I look forward to seeing what Pokemon's going to do with that, and I I'd, I'd love to see a new Pokemon game and it being the remake. Yeah, that could be interesting. Um... I mean, Pokemon's riding pretty high right now, right? The last one was received pretty well. So I just, I don't want to see a whole bunch of remakes. Like I would be okay with this one, but like I want new stuff, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah it, it, yeah, it seems to be like, you know, there's, I have a feeling that there's going to be a Let's Go second generation because Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee did succeed pretty well. Right. I know with Sword and Shield, people were very angry about the textures and the reused battle systems and reused animations. So that's what I mean with Pokemon Company maybe doing the Diamond and Pearl remakes, but also because they already kind of have a a structure with diamond and pearl they could do more to you know not use so many reused assets and not you know get you know get absolutely you know i'm just trying to think of what the right word is without cursing uh <laughs> you know get absolutely bullied is what i'm going to say into you know what they did wrong with this same because that was the biggest thing with sword and shield is yes the original pokemon i thought were really cool and i love the i love the area that it's in but, you know, you have to admit that we're all waiting for this kind of big leap in Pokemon for it to do something, you know, crazy. And it just hasn't done that yet. Yeah. So, you know, that's it is what it is there. Pokemon makes a ton of money, so they probably don't see the reason to do anything like that. But I can dream. It's the <laughs> Nintendo dream here. It is. So that's why I'm dreaming. <laughs> The next one that I have up here, and you mentioned it too, it's Breath of the Wild 2. Yep. People are due for a new Zelda game. I'm not sure if it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2. What I think it could also possibly be, which is why I kind of put this segment on our podcast from the uh, from the video I watched, is that 
maybe it, we get something similar to the Mario trilogy, where we get a Zelda trilogy. Yeah. It is the 30th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda this year. So maybe there's a chance we get Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time, all in one thing and i don't you know i don't expect them to do you know i don't think we can expect nintendo to even remotely make these games look any better yeah Um, (laughs) any better than when they did when they ported it to the 3ds i think i hope they use that version let me (laughs) let me be honest i hope they use that version of the port and i think they should it's just a matter of if they do and with that you know you're going to get you know, hopefully people with Skyward Sword will be able to play and not have to use the motion controls. We don't know. They have to do a little bit, I think, more work mm-hmm. with with the Zelda franchise because when Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword came out, they were all so focused on using the new Wii Remote. And, you know, with that, you know, these Joy-Cons do have motion motion control in them, and I think they're fairly accurate. I think it works all right. But there are always going to be people who don't want to use that type of motion thing. So I think there has to be an option to not use yeah. that. Agreed. And and with that, you know, that's that's kind of where this segment ends. I know I'm kind of, you know, Zelda seems to be really the talk of the town for the most part, considering that a lot of people think we're due for a new Breath of the Wild too. I just don't know how COVID nineteen affected Nintendo because while other studios are looking like they're bringing out games nintendo really hasn't come out and said anything which they really need to do (laughs) it almost feels like um unlike some smaller companies making games like nintendo can kind of afford to not push their developers as hard and just rely on you know animal crossing this year and the mario trilogy release um, just to make them a ton of money and uh, ring fit made a ton of money for them too. But it almost seems like that they just took that as like, you know, we're going to make money from these alone and it's probably more than enough for them to consider the year a success and then give their developers the time to not have to rush and end up with a cyberpunk incident again. Um, and just make sure that their games are releasing the way they should be. I mean, I feel like Nintendo has a pretty good track record of their games coming out in not perfect condition, but like pretty good condition. You don't really hear too many issues with their first party games. Yeah. And, you know, with that, you know, Nintendo, Nintendo, even with the new switch system would also um, kind of allow more ports. So -hmm. that way the Nintendo switch could make more money, but Nintendo also has the benefit of having mobile games out that are extremely successful right now. You know, numbers have come out, you know, they make a ton of money on Mario Kart cart. Mm-hmm. They make a ton of money on Fire Emblem Heroes, which, you know, it's so I don't think Nintendo is hurting for money at all because no. they have, you know, these mobile games that are very successful and that they can go off of. And that's not something that Microsoft or Nintendo or Sony have. Yeah. They don't have very successful or even out yet um, mobile games. So I think that's something that Nintendo can do and tell their developers, hey, we're, we're still making a ton of cash, even if you don't release the game. Yeah. So if that's the case, 
then take your time and don't worry about it. But yeah, you know, and you still you still can't find a switch very easily, so they can't make those fast enough. They're just making insane amounts of money and literally doing a quarter of the work that everybody else is. <laughs> it's insane that they can just do that, but they built up the the fan base over years and years, so they can afford to do that. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, maybe twenty five percent of my of my dream year for Nintendo <laughs> will, will happen. You know, one thing, and now that I now that I even mention it again, people are also due for another Splatoon game. Yeah, you no know, Splatoon two. Pretty much the support for that's all gone. Like they're not doing the the weekly voting or you know slap. I don't. I don't splashdowns. I don't know what it was called. Yeah, I forget. But, I haven't played that in forever. But you know, there's a lot of people who really like that game. It is probably one of the most kid friendly third person shooters you could ever get to because you know you're a squid and you're a kid and you paint. Yep. So it's you know that game is probably also due for a new release because we haven't seen anything like that there's there's so many games that we think nintendo's working on that really we can only hope that they're doing something more with with it so you know it, do we do we throw it out into the universe for an arms too <laughs> you know I, even when i mentioned like the the splatoon i was also thinking about arms yeah but you know, arms. Is, <laughs> yeah, arms was such a strange game. It was, and I I don't think they need to release another one. Like the thing about it is, boxing and the type of arcadey boxing. The problem I had with arms is I felt like it was very inaccurate. Yeah. Whenever I tried to do something with the motion control, it didn't do what I wanted it to do, or something like that. So unless whatever new switch has even better motion tracking on it. I don't think they are. I don't think arms two is something that people would buy into. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I feel like that came and went real, real quick. So I would imagine that they're probably just going to shelve that one. But, you know, like after everything you said, the dream one for me would be Mario Odyssey, Bayonetta and a Mario Kart. That's pretty much all I would need. And I would be more than happy with for those three games for the entire year. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would be yeah. as, as well. So that that's really, is there anything else you want to talk about, you know, with games played for the week or anything like that? No, I mentioned all the ones I did. I didn't really play anything new in VR this week, so no VR segment. Cool. So with that, we'll go into movies and TV shows, which mm -hmm. there isn't much new for me, but what I will say is I picked up Vikings, and I've been telling people this as well, if... I've been looking for something to catch my attention like Game of Thrones did. And I really do think Vikings, the a, the history channel show I'll mention <laughs> is, is really hitting the spot for me. It's, it is much like Game of Thrones in a way where the, the, the writing is very good, at least so far in the early seasons. I'm in season two now, mm -hmm. but um, the way all the characters are, it's it's really like the way they manipulate each other it, it really is like game of thrones but for vikings and the one thing i will mention though is this game is uh, sorry this tv show is super super religious like the the main conflict between most of what's going on in the show is you have the vikings who worship their norse gods and then you have christians who you know the the medieval times christians who were kind of more devout 
than a lot of people. You know, you had the high priest and everything like that. So that's the cause for a lot of tension in Vikings. And of course, Vikings, there's also tensions between other clans. And I just think that these characters, they're fun to watch. And I'm, I'm really into this show. And I really, I really can't suggest it enough if you're looking for something to replace Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. on top of that, the final season released on Amazon, um, on Amazon Prime TV, I guess, or whatever that streaming service is. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of perfect for binge watching as well, because you can finish the entire series without having really to know or really, you know, um, have anything left up in the air. Hopefully I, I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet, but it's a total of six seasons and I can't suggest it enough. If you look it up on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, it is it is rated very well for yeah. for what I consider. And maybe it's just because I'm switching from Valhalla to Vikings. <laughs> the two things that I've been playing a lot of, so I'm all into the Vikings stuff now. But it's it is a really good show. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I I like we had mentioned. I had told you that like I watched I think the first episode or maybe two. A little while ago um i don't know why i fell off but like what i saw i was like oh yeah this is definitely a, a well done show especially if it the first thing you hear when it's on like the history channel you're kind of like eh, i don't yeah. know <laughs> that, that was my exact like kind of reaction to it i went right. oh this is from the history channel like this is gonna bore me not entertain me <laughs> but it's no it once once you watch it you'll realize okay like this is this is not i I guess it's not like the regular history channel TV show that I would consider it's, but it's really good. That's yeah. So it's a, it's a definite watch. Yeah. Um, it it's, it's filled that hole for something like game of Thrones for me. I love medieval times. I love sword battles, armies, archers, all that type of stuff. And kind of something that not a lot of those shows do is take, um, like lead actresses and make them important because even in game of thrones the late not until the later seasons did really i think except for cersei um the female leads got a lot of screen time and started to make really bigger impacts on the on the overall world but in vikings it's commonly known in vikings that there have been shield maidens so women are in war women are in battle women are leaders in their culture and I've I just find that really cool. I just yeah. like the whole I really like the whole dynamic to where the girl doesn't have to be smart. She could absolutely kick your ass. And that's <laughs> yeah. And I, I really like that about the show. That's cool. I might have to jump back into it. I feel like I'm juggling like four or five different shows right now. Um <laughs> not that any of them are like I'm like super, super invested in, but like they're just enough that I usually when I before I go to bed I'll pick like one episode of this one and one episode of this one and I'll just kind of go back and forth. So adding another one in right now might be insane, but we'll see. I like to have options if I'm not feeling watching a show that particular day. Yeah. Um, I watched one movie this week besides my normal TV shows. Uh, I watched shadow in the cloud. Um, and pretty hardcore. <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until this week and I figured I would check it out because I feel like there really has not been any new movies in the past month or so. 
um, where, you know, it's kind of been no Netflix movies, nothing. Um, so this one uh, is stars uh, Chloe Grace Moritz. I believe that's how you say her last name. Um, you know her from way back when, when she was young, when she did kick ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so what I thought was interesting about this movie, it takes place in like World War Two era. Um, and it has to do with, you know, a group of people on a fighter fighter, not a plane, but like a big plane where it has a full group of people and she kind of sneaks on board and it has to deal with, you know, she's carrying a mysterious package. Um, nobody, she doesn't want anybody to know what's in the package and I won't spoil anybody what's in the package, but also, um, when she gets on board, she has like some fake paperwork that says she belongs there. They end up putting her down in like the, uh, you call them like the machine gun nest underneath the plane where you're literally sitting underneath the plane. Um, and then there is a, uh, they call them gremlins, but it kind of looks like a, like a, a bat, like a gigantic bat that is on the plane and kind of causes mayhem. Uh, what I thought was kind of interesting about the movie though, is we're starting to see how people are getting around filming now in the COVID era. So a majority of this movie is her in her, you know, she's locked in this machine gun nest underneath the plane while everybody else is up above. So you get a lot of the movie with her talking on like the intercoms to everybody else. Um, So I thought that was interesting when I was watching. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to get around having a bunch of people, uh, you know, in one room filming together all at once. And it's probably something we're going to see more of as more movies come out that were filmed during the quarantine times. Uh, But I don't want to give a whole lot away because it does kind of everything hinges on like what's in this case that she brings on board. um, What's going on with this gremlin that they call it. But to me, it's just a gigantic bat. Uh, But surprisingly like this, there is a strong possibility that this may end up on my top 10 list at the end of this year. I know it's early, but like I really, really enjoyed it. And like, you know, saying that a lot of it takes place with, you know, just the one camera on her in this machine gun nest may not sound like the most entertaining thing, uh, but it is a very well done action movie. Um, it's not extremely long. I think it's under an hour and a half. It gets its point across pretty quick. And like I had a ton of fun. It's something that like if I would have saw in theaters, I don't know if it would make like a ton of money because it doesn't have like the big name attached to it. But I would have felt like I was justified in going to see it in a theater. So I would definitely recommend it. Again, I don't want to give too much away about it. It's best to just kind of experience it on your own instead of me telling you what happens. But definitely like for the first action oriented movie of the year, I'm not off to a bad start here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It definitely sounds like a movie I'd like to, so I might have to. Yeah, I don't know. I rented it, but I don't know if it's actually streaming anywhere or anything. It might be. Okay. But other than that, I think that's that's it for both of us here. Yep. So, you know, thank you guys for the continued support that, you know, you guys have been giving us. So once again, thank you to the people who have read and engaged in conversations with my Game of the Year article. I Like I said, I really do appreciate it. To the Nintendo Dream Year video was an idea originally from YouTube channel Switch Stop. So if you guys are interested in that, you guys should go to that channel and watch the video, like, subscribe if you like his content. Uh, I just want to make sure that 
you know, he's the one that came up with the idea from my point of view. Mm-hmm. So I want to do my due diligence here and give him, you know, give that person the respect he deserves for making that video. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that, um, again, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please make sure to share it and uh, continue to listen every week. If you're looking to get uh, more involved in our group, we have a website, highsensitivitygaming.com. We have uh, Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook, and a wonderful Twitch page that's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we keep saying I, that. <laughs> I, I, I have to say it because maybe, you know, I, I was thinking about it today. You know, and I, I keep thinking about it. Do I just go ahead and stream Kingdom Hearts? Uh, just I think because it's time. <laughs> if as long as my capture card will work, I'll do it because Kingdom. You know, it's it's that time for me where it's just it's been two years since I played Kingdom Hearts, just in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's maybe it's time for me to just jump back into the into the Disney universe and. Do you start all the way back to the beginning? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm starting, I'm starting all the way at one. Okay. And cool. if, if I do that, you know, I would go to kingdom hearts one. I would probably skip chain of memories because it's a card based game. And trust me, it's not entertaining at all. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I have all of the remakes that are, that are available on PS4. So, you know, I think pretty much the next one would end up being kingdom hearts two or birth by sleep. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a ton to go through there. And I think if that's a game that I know that I can, once I start playing it, I'm going to immediately start playing into and get into it again. So yeah. as long as my capture card works, I, I will say I will stream Kingdom Hearts or Persona 5 Royal. But I that game I just played not even a year ago, so I should play Kingdom Hearts first. <laughs> I mean, that could work. Kingdom it Hearts could. 1 and 2 have, hold a special place in my heart. Not as big of a place as yours, but it's still. Yeah, and you would get to see a pro play it. Like I'm not, <laughs> and I'm joking about the pro thing. I don't play on critical. The games are just fun to go through, and you'll be surprised at how many random quotes I know before the characters even say them. So it's <laughs> it, it's a funny time to probably even laugh at me for the most part. <laughs> it's true. So look out for that. But yeah, look out for it. And with that, thanks, and we'll see you next time. See you later.